and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So did you see those people with Cashnado standing up, the green hue? I mean, I thought zombies had invaded Las Vegas. This is a skill-based gaming thing, right? I, I don't know if it's skill-based or just you have to have a lot of fingers and move fast. It, look, it looks like almost like Fruit Ninja or something. They they seem like they're used to the old style uh, game where you just like pick things, you know, one at a time slowly. And this seems like it needs to be pretty active. I don't know. I've never played it, but it looks cool. And I love that they all get to do it together. Isn't that what gambling's all about, right? The social interaction and tapping things on the screen together. That's what it's all about. Brings everybody together. Yeah, true Golden Girls reunion. (laughs) That's so stupid. Mark, one of the coolest things I've noticed in the last few years are these 3D billboards. We've seen them pop up. I think they started in Asia. That was the first place I saw them. But uh, we've seen them in New York City, other places. Las Vegas has finally gotten one. I'm sure we've probably had one before, so I'm sure somebody will correct me in the comments. But Waldorf has this cool octopus-looking 3D billboard. Nice. And it's right above the Whataburger, which should be opening pretty soon. Yeah, and it's right in the that area where we call it like the Times Square of Vegas. Lots of billboards, lots of signs. So you got to do something unique to stand out. And, and this is as cool as it gets. It, it looks so realistic and kind of reminds me of the sphere you know when they have that octopus thing i think it was for marvels or whatever that looked really really cool and this even looks better i think almost like it more realistic i know the sphere is like this massive thing so it's hard to recreate something similar but uh yeah it looks like it's really breaking out of it and so cool what they've been able to do with videos and billboards and compared to you know the heyday of the 80s where it was just spotlights on uh, something painted up there do you like those old school billboards i was actually thinking about that the other day just how much things have changed with screens And, you know, the kind of art of the old billboard and, you know, those big sort of, not the regular sort of everyday ones, but for big movies and stuff, they would put a lot of effort into the design of them. Now everything, it's nice with the screens, but not quite the same. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about the old school and, and, you know, the light. We've talked about the heat you can feel off of these things at times and just the warming of the area with them and we're going to talk later in the show about them uh, bringing helicopters in to inspect certain stuff. I don't know if that has anything to do with billboards or lights. Probably not, but uh, it's just kind of funny. You don't really think of that anywhere else going on. So let's talk Durango really quick. Vital Vegas came out this week and said that they're going to go to phase two later this year or next year, December of 2024. Now, this isn't a surprise. When Station Casinos announced this property, they said there would be a phase two, and we've seen how popular it is, and it definitely needs more space in the gaming floor. We might see movie theaters, bowling alley, a spa, more convention space, and more slot space. We need more slot space. That was the main takeaway from there. The, the gaming floor was a lot smaller than I had anticipated. I know it's a locals casino, but you expect it to be a little bit more spacious. It's like they crammed all the slots from part one and part two into part one until they get it open. 
so hopefully they get to expand that. You need another couple steps in between them all. It's just a little tight, even if it is beautiful. And the food areas seem to be filling up pretty quickly, a lot of lines. So maybe adding that gives a little bit more flow to everything and creates these blockages that we're seeing. So it's cool. And it, I mean, it just shows that it's kicked off really well, that they're already announcing it and already planning on doing it uh, later on next year, which if it was the Oakland A's, it'd be like five years from now. Are you surprised that they're waiting this long to even break ground on that? I thought they would do it pretty quickly and announce it and get it going earlier in the year. I mean, I, I would have just been rolling through it the whole time. Once you open the first one, I would have just probably started with the the second phase already, like had it just kind of going. But maybe they wanted to see like what the reception was like, you know, how people felt. It's probably smart business practice to not dive in too much. You know, we've seen all those like trilogy movies where they just make all the movies at once and then the first one bombs and they're like, oh, crap, maybe we should have broken this up a bit. So maybe that's what they were going for. It's a little bit of hedging, a little less risky. So I can see that. But let's get this thing moving for sure. Speaking of moving Atomic Golf, it was announced in October of 2021 at Strat. That's the top golf sort of competitor. Uh, it's right north of the Strat. We just drove by there not too long ago and it's looking good and they put an update on construction. It was supposed to open by the end of 2023. That's not going to happen, obviously, but it's coming along and it looks really nice. I mean, it looks like a top golf, I suppose, but do we need two of those? Is this going to be successful? Yeah, I mean, it's a different area. So I think that it gets people in the up and, you know, arts district or if they're going if they're staying on Fremont it's a little bit easier for them to get to I do think the view from the the top golf is probably a bit better so that might draw people but I've tried to reach out there and they've been uh, busy so I don't know is this like a fad top golf's popular but how long will it last do you need to that's why I think so much is gonna hinge on you know, they're going to have four bars in there in like a little arcade section and all this other stuff. Like, do you have that to draw people in? There's people at the Strat and stuff. Will they walk over to have a drink? It seems like a cool concept. So I'm really curious. You know, the golf is the golf. I think it's going to be the same as you see anywhere else, but it's what they do on the inside that will really matter. And, and I think decide if it's a failure or if it's good. Somebody on Twitter said that they should be building a shooting range in that area and not a uh, golf range. So there's a, uh, that's the curious thing about it, right? Is the area, the arts district is not far from there. How much will it draw from everything else? Wish them the best. It's a, a cool venue. It looks really neat. And uh, I don't know, the location still baffles me. Yeah. I mean, the land was probably cheap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So did you see the story about a helicopter that flies over Las Vegas for the New Year's Eve, checking radiation levels. So over the next couple of days, it's going to be flying as low as 150 feet in a grid pattern. And they basically search for radiation levels on the strip so that when they have the New Year's Eve fireworks show, they can measure the difference and see, I guess, if they're increasing radiation because of the fireworks. Very strange, but I guess they do this every year. And if you see that helicopter flying around the next couple of days, that's why. So not for the billboards. Okay, good to know. No, it's just, <laughs> I don't think, do, the, do people do this anywhere else in any other city? I can't think of... I can't remember hearing of this anywhere. It's just so weird that they do it just for the New Year's Eve fireworks, too. I, I don't understand it. I don't either. I've never heard of this. So maybe somebody can let us know in the comments if this is common with all fireworks shows. Why don't they do it for other events? We have fireworks, you know, many times, not just New Year's Eve. I mean, you are close to Area 51. So you'd think it'd be out that way checking. <laughs> and I can understand maybe just, you know, with everything going on in Vegas, doing it every once in a while, checking radiation levels, see if it's gone up. But for just fireworks, I don't I don't understand it. So we need some science people to tell us what's going 
going on. As a reminder, our Patreon's now going. You can watch our after show. You can listen to it. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. So the Bagel Mania Bagel Eating Contest is coming back. We talked about this last year and maybe a dream of mine. I don't think I could eat 13, 14, 15 bagels though. And the way they sit in your stomach, I'm not sure that that would be very good, but it is coming back on January 13th at 11 a.m. Last year, Jeff Esper won by downing 17.75 bagels in eight minutes. Joey Chestnut, who's a very famous competitive eater, will be here. So if you want to see people shove bagels in their mouths, then head on out to Siegel's Bagel Mania, one of my favorite uh, breakfast restaurants near the Strip. Yeah, I definitely need to check that out. I still haven't been there. And, you know, for Super Bowl, I'll be right in the area. So probably going to swing over there. Try to swing over there and, and grab a bagel. You know, you've been talking about it for so long. And now I'm hungry. I haven't eaten lunch yet. And we're talking about bagels, which are great. But uh, funny side note, I was at the bowl game in Detroit, the Quick Lane Bowl, and they had a hot dog eating contest. Two guys pulled from the stands. We're just doing a quick, you know, how many hot dogs can you eat? I think they brought out like four or five. They had a minute. The guys were eating like they're just at like a Sunday barbecue, like slowly taking bites. I think they got through like one and a quarter and everybody's booing them. It was pretty bad. <laughs> that is bad. I mean, they deserve to get booed for that. I mean, come on, they're hot dogs. Yeah. You could at least, I, I, you and I could put down at least a few, right? In yeah. A, in a competitive eating scenario. So yeah, it's always fun. That place is cool. That sort of mid-century modern decor, very interesting bagel stuff everywhere. So it's right next to the convention center. So check it out, even if you're not going for the contest. And we do have an update on Universal's Horror Unleashed. That's their year-round haunt experience at Area 15. It is now under construction. The building has gone up. Uh, they Just a couple months ago, they were doing the structural stuff or the foundation work. And now uh, we see walls going up there. And we've learned more about this as time has gone on. Theme Park Stop has done some reporting. I think it's going to have four different haunt mazes inside, along with uh, quite a bit of other stuff. But it's good to see them moving along with this, as they're also building a park in Texas. And they just announced, perhaps, a park in the United Kingdom. They just bought land there. So Universal just seems to be everywhere and Las Vegas is the first of these types of year-round haunt experiences. This is uh, this is a cool addition, and I'm looking forward to checking it out. And Area 15 is just so unique and, and so Vegas and, and so good. I wish it was easier to access for people that are on the Strip by foot traffic, not needing to, to ride over there. That's my one complaint. Everything else is great. I love every time I'm there. So many cool things, and they just keep adding to it. So they do a really good job over there, and I'm excited to see this. Yeah, I have a friend who works over there, and they're very excited with this partnership with Universal and how uh, this is kind of gone since they announced it, what, a year, year and a half ago? So this seems to be a very sort of positive development from the Area 15 side and from the Universal side. And uh, we don't know quite when it's going to open, but probably before the end of 2024. And the Universal haunt experience is just one part of many different attractions there that'll be part of phase two. So I'm going to not say the name anymore, Mark, because apparently I don't know how to. (laughs) Oh, stay for the outtakes. That's all I'll say. So as we're deep in December now, we're finally getting numbers from November, the big month with the F1 race, and we see the gaming revenue numbers. Now we're waiting on the rest of the stats, the room rates and all that. So we'll cover that on the next show because it hasn't come out as of the time of recording. But if you look at the gaming numbers, it was the second busiest month for gaming ever behind July of this year. So not like crazy, insane numbers, a really, really strong month. But I guess we can kind of unpack, does that mean this huge economic impact that they said actually happened or Las Vegas just had a good month, but you know, it's had a good month 
earlier in the year and we have good months all the time. So I don't know if that really means that Formula One drove huge increases, but it didn't cost the city any money, at least gaming wise. Yeah, I'm trying to think what happened in July that there were so many people there uh, that was busier. But no, I think that, you know, the numbers are up big overall. What was it like uh, 22% on the strip, something like that. And I think that's a little bit misleading because it's a slow period for Vegas. That's when they picked it. So you go from a slow period to, you know, something that is going to bring people in. And then I'd love to see like a breakdown by the casino, you know, which ones did really well. Is this a cluster of, you know, saying the strip is a big thing and it could be a cluster of like four or five casinos, which is what we think did really, really well. And the rest didn't. And you can see that in the other numbers, you know, uh, Fremont was down. The local casinos were down for the most part and they've been up for the year if you look year over year. So we did kind of say like, it seems like it was more concentrated and then everywhere else outside of that core four or five properties has struggled a little bit more. Maybe not as much as we would have thought, like Fremont down a couple percent doesn't seem as bad as I would have imagined. So I think it wasn't as bad as it, as we thought it was going to be numbers wise. And I also don't think it's as good as the uh, the numbers are showing. Yeah, I mean, people who want to say F1 was a failure, it was not a failure, right? I mean, the numbers yeah. show that. We're going to see the actual room rates and how things went up for that. Uh, in those stats, which we talk about on the next show, you're going to see that it was a success. So anybody who's trying to say it was a failure, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. But we do know that it was a failure for certain businesses in Las Vegas, uh, for lower end businesses. Uh, but this does show the gaming revenue higher and an increase. And like you said, this is a slower time. So I would say it's probably mission accomplished for what they wanted, but it doesn't mean that they got $2 billion in economic impact. But I do think the major part of the economic impact will come with room rates and spending on property, the non-gaming stuff. Because I think that those numbers had to be huge. MGM and Caesars seem to kind of indicate that they were. So we'll see as we get earnings and we get some of the stats from the LVCBA to kind of see how that all plans out. But I think the moral of the story, it was a success. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see next year, you know, the month or two leading up, do we see a dip because people are afraid of all the construction, which they didn't really know about this year and didn't didn't know that they're going to have to deal with. So it was kind of like, you know, we saw the numbers steady, steady, stay up. Uh, we'll have having a bigger effect next year. I think the actual F1 race week will be maybe better because it'll be smoother and people will know what's going on and and more excited to come but i also think maybe the month or two before might stagnate a bit so i'm I'm really curious to see how this plays out next year we probably don't know for sure uh, until all of that. But yeah, it's a success. I think it's going to bring a lot of money every year that it's here, just like everything else that's a major event. So I think it did what it's supposed to do, just not in the way that people envisioned it, maybe. Yeah, it's hard to argue with 22% year over year increase in gaming revenue on the strip. Remember when we were covering these and they were starting to hit billion dollars every month? And then it was like, oh, we're doing month after month. And now we're at like 1.4 billion and we're nowhere even close to a billion. So it just seems like you know, we're always going to be well over a billion now. And whatever it was pre-COVID, we're, the numbers just keep growing every single year, every single month. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for two years now, waiting for the bottom to drop out, for prices to come down, you know, hotel rates to get less, for people to stop coming. We're running out of money. I mean, everything's so expensive groceries-wise, just like the daily staples that I'm, I'm shocked that people are still finding money to come here. So it's interesting to see. I don't know that it will ever dip below a billion. I'm sure it will, but it's going to go a lot longer than any of us expect, I think. I'm going to predict that November will have record room rates. November, when those stats come out, yeah. that we'll see the highest room rates ever for the strip. So we'll see what we get. But hit us up in the comments. Do you think F1 was a failure? I see people on X or Twitter still saying that. 
but it doesn't make any sense, right? It is a success. Even though it wasn't perfect, we can kind of play in the nuance there and not have to be black or white about it. But let us know what you guys think about that. Anything else we talked about on the show, Durango Phase 2, Universal's uh, horror attraction, uh, let us know. Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be back in a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, just so everybody knows, uh, Sean said whore, not the WH word. <laughs> yeah, I, my voice is <laughs> horror. Uh, which, 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 you know, might work in Nevada, too. You could go either way. So I, I just want to make sure people are clear. But no. So they're really moving. And that universal horror unleashed is just going to be one sort of thing in the horror. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm saying it. <laughs> oh, we got our outtakes.